good morrow to thee, fine listeners of the podcast arts. Tis another fine day with which we shall speak of the magic of creation within the realm of the comic book page. Huzzah! I welcome back, yon lords and ladies, to thine comics that we love. A show where I sit down with a guest each week to take our favorite stories and comics and dissect what makes them great. Sometimes the creators themselves will join in and help us understand their process and how they attack their work. I am your astronaut bonobo ape, swinging from the vines of a distant planet in a far-off solar system. And podcast host, Zach McCrary. This week is another creator spotlight. I chatted with the creator of Unicorn Vampire Hunter, which is a really fun book, and one of the co-creators of the brand new project, Space Monkey Nights Go, Caleb Palmquist. We talked about Space Monkey Nights Go, currently on Kickstarter, as well as his other work, but also stick around for some great advice. If you're an aspiring creator in the comics field or any creative field at all, Caleb has some great stuff to say about his experiences on Kickstarter, as well as how to organize your time and to not become too precious with your ideas that you become unwilling to change for the better. It's good stuff, y'all. Like I said, Space Monkey Nights Go is on Kickstarter. All the links will be in the show notes. But before we hop on the rocket ship and blast off into oblivion, I would like to let you know that if you want to support the show, you can hang some dollars on the money tree over at patreon.com forward slash tctwl. We'll give you a shout out on the show, and there are levels for cool stuff like getting episodes a few days early, there before their normal drop dates, as well as my extra show, the post credit scene, where me and guests continue our conversation after recording the comics that we love. Plus, more to come. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash tctwl. And now, without further ado, Grab yourself a bowl of cereal and plop down in front of the television because it's time for some Saturday morning cartoon style goodness as we talk Space Monkey Nights Go with co-creator Caleb Palmquist. Caleb Palmquist, welcome to the comics that we love, sir. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So we uh, we came together because you are currently running a Kickstarter for a brand new comic book experience, if you will, called Space Monkey Nights Go, and you're shooting for number one right now. That's correct. And I got to tell you, as soon as I saw the art, I was I was in man i i'm digging what you got i i think i'm picking up what you guys are putting down with with this book thank you thank you so do you want to give kind of your elevator pitch for the audience like just an idea of like what what is this book about sure this is uh space monkey nights go is an 80s and 90s saturday morning cartoon inspired comic book about four monkeys who are sent out into space 
to explore the far reaches of the galaxy. They're supposed to have all of mankind's knowledge downloaded into their brains um, by a computer while they sleep, but instead they just get all the information about King Arthur's knights. So they wake up <laughs> believing themselves to be knights of the round table, and then they become defenders of the galaxy. I, I love that. That's such a fun premise. <laughs> that's as as an Arthurian legend geek, I totally approve of this. This is that's that's so much fun. And uh, when I was saying about the art earlier, folks, uh, if you haven't gone to look at it yet, you should. It's over on Kickstarter. I, I get I get like a lot of uh, Powerpuff Girl vibes from 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 your art, which I think is really cool and really works for the idea of spacefaring monkeys saving the galaxy. For sure, yeah. No, Nick Nicholas Torres, who who's drawing the book, is uh, definitely has that style. He's uh, I think he was really the perfect artist for this for this adventure. Yeah, because everything I'm seeing on the Kickstarter says that you guys are really going for that like Saturday morning kids cartoon feel for the entire project. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, what kind of influences are you bringing to it as one of the creators and the and the writer for the book? What was your jam Saturday morning eating a bowl of fruity pebbles when you were a kid? Oh my goodness! Uh, and were you a fruity pebbles kid? That's another great question. <laughs> Only well, the tough questions on this show, right? Well, certainly fruity pebbles. Uh, I think that Captain Crunch was was my favorite as a kid, Ooh. and I think uh, back in the nineties like parents were a lot less concerned about uh, <laughs> the kind of cereal we were eating. Um, True. So I was watching uh, Dragon Ball Z and uh, Digimon was a big one for me and Codename Kids Next Door. Um, and then definitely Powerpuff Girls. I mean, I watched a lot of Powerpuff Girls. Um <laughs> And, uh, but I am, uh, I'm a millennial and Dave Lentz, who is the other co-creator on the book, who, who originally came up with the idea is a, an old man. He's a Gen X guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so he's, uh, he's more in the, uh, the eighties in terms of his, his cartoon interests. And so, um, you know, it's kind of before my time, but I think that, um, probably stuff like, G.I. Joe and Transformers uh, are He-Man. what He-Man. There you go. Uh, what's the one about the cats? The oh, man. Thundercats. 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 There you go. And so uh, we tried to sort of combine those influences together and and give like tell a story that um, anyone from watching cartoons in the, those eras would recognize including you know silly contrived origin story that uh <laughs> that doesn't really need to be fully delved into that that was always the thing back in the day you got you got a really quick like here's why this is happening boom show show is on and a lot of times they would remind you what the origin story was in like 10 seconds during the intro music to whatever show you were watching <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, that's like Powerpuff Girls, right? Like sugar and spice and everything nice. That's all you need to know. Now you're yep. ready. <laughs> yep. Or the 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 early '90s Ninja Turtles. Literally, the song tells you the origin and all the characters. It's it's everything that you need right away. 
Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, uh, so I didn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up. I have since, really. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a huge fan. But that was definitely one of Dave's influences. And, I mean, obviously, I think you can look at this comic and see the the obvious influence of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, we got the leader. We got the tough guy. We got the smart one. And we got the silly one. Uh, it's a it is a time-tested formula and it works it it keeps happening for a reason it does it does it works yeah man so uh how uh what is your what is your plan for this book uh do you have just a couple issues in mind or do you intend for it to be kind of an ongoing thing do you guys do you guys have you talked about that yet or is that kind of still out in the ether to be decided well, uh, certainly we have a, a little four issue arc and I, and I say arc, I mean, in most of the comics I write, they're very like based on a, you know, a longer story. And while mm-hmm. this one does have a longer story in the same vein of those eighties and nineties cartoons, it's kind of like, there is a longer story, but then each issue will be its own little adventure as well. Um, okay. like episodes of a show, but uh, we have four issues planned, and then uh, and we want to collect that into a graphic novel. And then if people are excited about it, we'll do more. Um, but uh, we're not getting too ambitious. It's like a, <laughs> a small, fun story because that fits the vibe of the book. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll see, you know, if people like it and they want more, we'll do more because this is a story that we really like. Um, and it's um, it's simple and fun, uh, which is the sweet spot, I think. Uh, for for these kinds of things yeah absolutely and that that makes sense i've i've talked to a lot of creators who like to kick who have been kickstarting comics and it seems like three to four issues for an arc is kind of the sweet spot that everyone shoots for like if you if you if you pull in the audience for number one they're probably going to come back and see it through with you along the way that's that's what i have seen anyway from a from a distance just a being someone who throws money at said projects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw that you, uh, you said that Dave Lentz actually, cause he's also the letterer for this book and creator. He, it, this came from, from like a, an idea that was plucked from his head. Oh yeah. Uh, so I want to say maybe three, possibly four years ago, Dave uh, asked me if I would co-create this book with him and, uh, and, life has been busy a lot of things have uh, have been happening and we were we were really trying to nail down the artist too because we wanted to find just the right artist and we ended yeah. up going with nicholas torres who's someone both of us had worked with before but yeah so like three or so years ago dave came to me and he said i have this idea it's called space monkey nights go and uh i want to I want to make this with you, which was really flattering to me because he had been lettering some of my stuff and he just, I guess, thought I was a good writer. And then we, uh, we started brainstorming on it. And so we came up with the characters and everything quite a while ago. Um, and then it wasn't until this year that we finally, uh, got going on, on getting smart done, but yeah, it was, it was Dave's idea originally. And then we, and then we worked on it together after that. That's wild. Four years in the making, this this book has been. I mean, I think, you know, I've been making comics, indie comics for, I want to say, seven or eight years now. And I think pretty much every project um, is a slow burn. I can think of a few things that, like, I came up with and then spun up really fast. But 
for the most part, it's like you come up with an idea, you're excited about it, and then the slow, long process of making it uh, <laughs> happens. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, what you said before makes perfect sense. You you want to find the right artist for each project because I, th- I, th- I think you're right. You totally nailed down the right artist for this job. However, if you had someone who, let's say, emulated a Todd McFarlane, I don't think it looks right with the story you're trying to tell. You know what I mean? Oh, you got to find sure. that right, that rights person for the job mm-hmm. to hit. Because like, there's got to be like, you've got to find the right feel for the story that you're trying to tell. So you, you and Dave had worked together on another one of your books. He lettered for you called Unicorn Vampire Hunter, which right. I, which I've read, and it is just uh, it's it's a ton of fun. It's very, it's very sweet and heartfelt, but also a ton of fun. Well, thank you. That's that's exactly the kind of feedback I love to hear. Unicorn Vampire Hunter is was the first book that I, not the first book that I made, but the one, the first one that like got any kind of attention. Um, that, okay. That that I think really hit a chord with people, and so I was trying to tell a fairy tale, and it's a it's a very it's a high concept unicorn vampire hunter. The unicorn stakes vampires with his horn. But, you know, it's a it's a story about family and found family and uh, hopefully reading it makes you cry. And also uh, it's cute and fun. Uh, So, yeah, that's uh, Dave lettered that book with me. And then he also lettered um, actually since Unicorn Vampire Hunter, he's lettered every single project that I've done. So, oh, man, uh, I have yet to have a time when I haven't gone to Dave Someday he'll be too busy and I'll have to go to someone else. But uh, that day has not come. And I don't know if it's not if it's that he's not busy enough or if it's that he just loves me that much. But uh, we he always seems to make it work to letter the books that I send him. How did I mean, it's, it does seem like you guys have really connected artistically and have, you know, kind of bonded over your work. How did how did that initially come about? How did you guys meet? Oh, sure. So we uh, I worked on a anthology comic book a few years ago yeah, 2019 i think mm-hmm. and um it's called modern mythology and was a collection of stories uh like m- classic myths retold in the modern day by a bunch of different writers and artists and i was the editor on the book i created it and oh, cool. uh yeah and i had this guy named ryan Kroboth who did one of the variant covers on space monkey nights go he um someone recommended him for my anthology and then he brought on dave as a letterer because they were friends from way back and then uh and then another team also needed a letterer so dave stepped up to do that and then after that i was like well i need a letterer for my next book um and then we just became friends and and i've introduced dave to a lot of people so it's kind of funny he's kind of like the because he's such a talented and, and reliable letterer that uh, there's like this network of people, of creators who kind of are connected by Dave because he's lettering <laughs> all these people's books. And so, so yeah, I mean, uh, once I started working with him, you know, I just didn't stop because he is, I mean, he's the best there is. He's fast and reliable and he cares about stories. I mean, he doesn't just slap stuff on the page. I mean, he cares about what it looks like and he absolutely elevates the stories with his, uh, with his lettering. That's that's so important. I've uh, I've talked to so many people about lettering on the show because on on my normal show, uh, we talk about a specific comic that someone has loved and we kind of dissect what why it's great. You know what I mean? And uh, and I like to 
give information about the creators. Usually I wind up sticking to like the primary artist and the writer, but I always like to give shout outs to the colorist and the letterer because all the positions are important. And something that keeps coming up on the show is if lettering is really good, it melds in with the story and you don't recognize how good it is. But if lettering is bad, it just it's bad and you can tell. And so like a good letterer, a good letterer really does change a book. It gives all the characters their voices. You know what I mean? Like just with the way that the 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 text is written or the box that it's in, it can really alter the, the way things go. And I totally see what you're saying about his work just from seeing it in Unicorn Vampire Hunter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, he's great. And I, I a lot of writers uh, try to learn how to letter and letter themselves. And, and while I totally commend people who do that, especially the ones who do it well, I, uh, I like to think that, you know, I have a specific skill set <laughs> that I think that I've developed. And, and I, uh, it's not so much about staying in my lane as it is like, how much time do I have? And it, do I have, you know, do I, I can hire Dave and he's going to do it awesome, probably better than I could ever do. And, uh, and, you know, he just adds that much more to the project. Um, and so I, I, you know, my, that's, I'm like you said, lettering is so important. That's one of my big recommendations to people is like hire a good letterer. It's still, even if you hire a really talented letterer, it's still going to be the cheapest part of the whole process. Uh, oh, really? you know, per page, well, per page, I mean, you yeah. know, like, you know, like you're, you're going to pay a letter or less than a colorist or, or any artist. Um, and so, and, and some people scoff at the extra money, you know, you pay 20, $25 a page or something for lettering and people don't want to spend that money, but it's absolutely worth it. Money uh, well spent. Yep. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel similarly to you in that if uh, if I am the writer, like I, I could see why if if you if you've already been doing lettering too, and it's just you're already it's already your bag, you know, like do the writing and the lettering. But if uh, if you have developed a skill set and you want to devote the time to perfecting a script, you don't want to have to divide your time between that and lettering the stuff coming back from your artist makes a hundred percent sense yep so do you do you know by chance i don't know if you do but do you know like how did dave come up with this this whole idea like did it was it just hey these are the cartoons i watched as a kid let's do something kind of like that do you know well i do think that dave is like a huge like teenage Mutant turtles fan <laughs> and when he came up with the idea his kid was like four or five years old uh i think and and his kid was starting to watch a lot of cartoons and i think his thought process was i want to make a book that that really appeals to to my kid and uh you know is something the kids could enjoy and adults can enjoy and um i mean i don't want to speak for him but i think that that Mm -hmm. that's definitely where some of that inspiration came from and he's a huge nerd i mean he's like he you know he's like a he he's like a 42 year old like child right <laughs> so uh so all that all that stuff star wars tmnt um all that stuff that's still rattling around in his brain all the time uh so nice which is, what about, which is great what about you what else is rattling around in your brain when you're when you're not creating comic books oh man uh 
<laughs> I mean, lots of stuff. You know, I, I obviously like like so many people who make comics. I, I'm I'm a big reader of comics and also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, animation and uh, and video games and books. I mean, I read a lot of books and uh you know science fiction especially i'm not particularly unique or interesting in my tastes <laughs> in popular culture uh but i'm a big consumer of popular culture for sure like all that stuff uh all the nerdy all the nerdy stuff i mean there's so much useless information in my head right <laughs> like like i could I, you could put any pokemon on the screen and i could tell you its name and what it evolves from and like what moves it has and oh and, man why why do I have that knowledge in my brain? I don't know, but it's there. I couldn't tell you the capitals of most of the US states, but I could tell you Pokemon. <laughs> Dude, I feel you on that. I feel you. I've got so much so much useless information in this dome that will never be of any like un- unless I'm going to like a nerd trivia night or running a nerd trivia night, which on occasion I do. Those are the only times when these things are useful. But, you know, the stuff you love is what sticks. You know, it's like you're you're lear- you're learning even when you don't realize you're learning. You know, you're sitting there just enjoying something, but that's why that's why stuff sticks sometimes. Oh yeah, 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 man. Did I see right the that uh in in your little bio on the Kickstarter that you're into board gaming? Do you? Oh yeah, I'm huge yeah? into board gaming. Uh, what kind of stuff do you play? Oh boy, um, <laughs> I well. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, um, Hell yeah. which is maybe not technically a board game, but um, I'm also really into Euro games. Um, and like lately, I'm super into like Raiders of the North Sea. And I'm trying, I, I'm trying to think of what games I could say that people might recognize. I don't want to get too like nerdy and obscure <laughs> too with into the, the board weeds. games. But I do, I mean, like on Kickstarter, like I live and operate on Kickstarter. So I'm backing a lot of board games on Kickstarter. So a lot of the games I end up playing are like really new games. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, I love all sorts. But I also love classic board games too. I mean, I play Scrabble and Boggle all the time uh i love those games like i could play boggle until the heat death of the universe uh but yeah for sure I, i'm i'm huge into board games and i'm hoping at some point uh to get into the tabletop gaming space on kickstarter too because i would like to oh, move into being a creator of games um, but it's very daunting and scary uh so <laughs> i tell you i i know a guy who who went about creating his own board game and just the process of that and uh, and all of the just test runs and figuring out what works and what doesn't what's broken but like are you thinking more like a board game or would you be thinking something like a tabletop rpg kind of thing with you know you being a writer and all <laughs> well uh wouldn't you know it that i spent uh three hours earlier today working on uh, one of the chapters of the role-playing game that I'm designing with a couple friends of mine. Oh man, uh, it's a lot. It's a slow burn because you got uh, play testing and everything. Uh, hopefully next year we might be seeing something on Kickstarter, but we got a long alpha and beta testing process. But I'm actively in development on a role-playing game that would be oh, fifth man. edition compatible. So yeah, that's cool. Can you can you tell any details? I'm curious because as a as a ttrpg nerd like is it sci-fi is it fantasy like where where are you falling in at it's fantasy uh and it is going to be illustrated 
and co-created by my unicorn vampire hunter artist daryl toe oh nice nice yeah. I, I love the interconnected community that is comics and you know creative creative endeavors that's so cool right well in and in fact it was daryl's idea uh, and he brought it to me very similar to how Dave brought me the idea of Space Monkey Nights Go. Uh, Daryl came to me and said, you know, I know you love to play games and, and you and you run your game master. And he said, you know, can we partner on this and make the? I have this idea for this IP and can we partner on this game? And so for the last year, we've been working on it and uh, and we're going to start the alpha test pretty soon. So I'm excited about it. Man, how do you when so as a creator when you, you know you're putting together comic books, you're putting together games, I assume you also probably have like a day job. Like how do you how do you manage your time? Like how do you decide what should be being worked on at any given moment? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean because uh yes, I do have a full-time job. I am a teacher. And, uh, you know, the dream one day is to just be a creator full time, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, money and stuff. So <laughs> you need that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so because I have limited time and I still want to be able to spend time with my wife and my friends and everything else, I uh, make lists all the time. I am a big <laughs> list maker um, and I prioritize. I as much as I would like to think about creativity in a purely creative sense, I mm-hmm. have to think about it in a business sense because I think about, okay, when am I going to need to be marketing these projects? When am I going to be selling these projects? Okay. And then that gives me a framework for when I need to be writing them and, and working on them. And so in any given month, I'll be like, okay, this project and this project. When I have okay. time to sit and write, that's what I'm working on. And even if I have, and if I have an idea for, you know, so I have like project A and project B. And if I have an idea for project F, I have to be like, okay, I'm going to jot it down and then I'm going to file it away. Because if I get off, if I go down a rabbit hole, you know, like chasing that idea, then I'm not going to get the other things written that are a higher priority. And so it is really a thing where I have gotten to the point where I have to be very organized and I have to say, these are the things that are, that need to be written now because I never have a lack of ideas or projects. Mm -hmm. Like I always have, I always have more ideas. I always have more projects that I want to do. So yeah, I mean, lists, lists organizing. I have a a bullet journal that I keep, which I'm a huge fan of. If you, if you don't know about bullet journals, you got to Google it, Google bullet journal and Bullet uh, bullet journal. It's a whole system of journaling and it uses, okay, it uses like these this notebook that has little dots on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 And so it's uh, it's awesome. And it's like it it depends. I mean, some people hate this kind of system, but for me, it's <laughs> like everything is organized because my life is chaotic. I've got. I mean, you know, like I have a full time <laughs> job and I'm doing all these comics and games and and I have a family and I have friends and everything else and and you know, like uh, and so if I don't have that like organization in one place then then i just forget things i'd be like oh i was supposed to go to the therapist today and like the <laughs> therapist is calling me at 5 30 and my appointment was at five and i just forgot like yeah. okay <laughs> dude google calendar saved my life for stuff like that i was this i i that was totally me that was totally me and 
I, I doing I do like three podcasts and I'm and I've got like same with you like I've got these other creative endeavors and I've got friends and da 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 da. I cannot stress enough to the listeners that he is so right that you, <laughs> just just keep some form of organization. It really helps. It really helps. And that what you're saying like that that makes a lot of sense for a creative because that's always something that I have struggled with as a as a creative and wanting to do multiple things. And feeling like, can I do? Can I be working on multiple projects at the same time? And the answer is yes, but no, because basically, because of what you said, you got to prioritize the the most important thing, like what's due first. (laughs) You know what needs to be to be due first. Like I assume, having read the the most recent issue, or at least I think it is issue five, was a of a unicorn vampire hunter. You kind of left us hanging there, so I assume you've probably got more of that in the in the oven as well and yeah like so many so many different projects rolling along you're kind of living the dream as far as like nerd creators go i I feel like Uh, like (laughs) but but, i mean at least the dream like right before like you were saying before of of uh where that becomes the full-time job but yeah like it's it sounds like uh it sounds like you're having a lot of fun doing what you do oh i'm having a ton of fun and of course it's very invigorating to know that like I can take a project, make it real, and then sell it to people. And there's an audience and there's a platform for that, which is exciting. I mean, I always say, you know, today, creativity is democratized. Like, you do not have to ask permission. We've got things like Kickstarter. We've got things like YouTube. Like, you can just make things and put them out in the world. And, you know, if people like them and respond to them, they will, they'll tell you and they'll support you which is just awesome. I mean, it's the coolest thing in the world and, and it's, it's addictive, you know, now that I know that that's out there. Cause before I ever launched a Kickstarter, it was like, Oh my gosh, if I like spend a bunch of money on something, I make something, I might just be throwing that down the toilet. Like no one, no one's going to care. But then once you do it and it's like, Oh, people do care and people do want this. And then it's like, Oh man, what's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And, uh, I am, I am, just like obsessively creating, which is exciting. Uh, and it's, and, and, you know, it's also sometimes stressful. Like, you know, like I love video games. Yeah. I don't play video games because I'm always like, well, no, there's something I need to be doing. I have a script I need to write, or I should clean the kitchen or I should <laughs> hang out with my wife or like, you know, whatever. And it's like, so I buy video games and they just sit unplayed (laughs) i i call it gamer guilt i have ever since college it started for me in college when i was playing like assassin's creed 2 and i kept thinking man you got like three papers to write you should really stop right now and and i've never been able to kick it since like uh, i'll I'll get started on a game i'll play it hard for a couple days and then the guilt starts kicking in like what about that project you got to be preparing for that podcast episode yeah totally totally feel you there Uh, adulting is hard man adulting is hard very hard (laughs) uh so what was the like you were saying that you know you've gotten to the point now where you're kind of uh you're kind of a wily veteran in the kickstarter landscape so what was the what was the impetus though for you to like the first time you decided to start creating like what was what was the moment where you were like you know what i'm just gonna do it so in terms of creating comics, I sort of always wanted to make comics. And then when I was like 25 or 26, I was like, I thought to myself, 
what am what am I waiting for? Like, when's the time when I'm ready or old enough or whatever? And I was just like, why? You know, because I had been sort of telling myself a narrative for most of my life. Like, you will be your creator. You're going to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, around that time, I was like, what what the hell am I waiting for? And and so and I and I knew about Kickstarter and I didn't you know I was of course nervous about it but yeah my in my in my mind I was like I'm gonna make something and if it doesn't go well and you know that's fine but I'm gonna I have to try and the first thing I made was a sci-fi comic called A Small Favor that was not well received or popular um, and uh, some people really liked it they said that they liked it they read it. Um, and I did two Kickstarters for it and they did okay. But then I, um, I had a Kickstarter that failed. And so I kind of like reexamined what I was doing and I tried out Unicorn Vampire Hunter and that was much more successful. But, but yeah, I mean, the first thing was just like, well, I want to make comics, so I should just do it. And, uh, that was a huge decision in it. And it like really changed a lot of things for me to make that decision. So it almost like you like there's that there's that layer of fear of putting yourself out there with your work. Right. Oh, and yeah. that fear that like, oh, man, if this fails, it's going to kill me or, you know, like, you know, but then you once you you kind of trudged, trudged through that and it opened the window and basically now you're just can't stop creating <laughs> oh for sure yeah that's well once you get past that fear it's like the fear when you break past that level of fear and then you're like what was i afraid of the whole time hmm. i mean you know it's so it it doesn't even bother me anymore i mean there's times when i'm launching something brand new where i'm like is this going to do as well as i want it to but i'm never worried that it's not going to yeah. work uh because you know i just like i have a lot of maybe it's unearned but i have a lot of confidence at this point I mean, I think at this point you should from, you know, you've been doing it long enough and have had enough success. Why wouldn't you have a level of confidence in, in, in yourself and what you're putting out there? I'm curious. So you said that you said that you had a Kickstarter that failed and it made you kind of reassess what you were doing with Kickstarter. If you don't mind sharing just for the audience of for maybe for someone who's considering running a Kickstarter, what what lessons, what takeaways did you get from a failed Kickstarter? Like, what do you think you were what did you think you lacked or what do you think was the problem? I mean, the first problem was that I w- had a product, a comic that wasn't connecting with people, that wasn't mm. drawing people in. It was the first comic I wrote and it it wasn't as strong. As I went on with the series, it got better, I think, but it was was not as strong as it could have been or should have been. And I was advertised. I, I mean, the way the way that I was presenting it wasn't that strong. And I think that it, I think my biggest mistake was that I was really attached to this idea. It was my mm-hmm. baby, right? And I didn't want to let go of it. Uh, and I didn't, I, I was sort of like, oh, well, you know, people didn't come out and buy it, but like, it'll, I just have to keep doing it and then they'll come. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to sort of be honest with myself and say, well, I mean, is that really true? Am I doing something that's really going to, that's really going to connect with audiences. And on one hand, I would say to people, do what you love, do tell the story you want to tell. And like, and, but if you're trying to make money or make enough money to make more comics, then you, you do have to think to some extent about 
what do people want? What are people going to be willing to pay for? Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess the takeaway that I, that I, the biggest takeaway is like, I, I learned that you're the thing that you are the most passionate about and that you have put all this time and effort into is not always going to be the thing that's going to connect with audiences. And sometimes because we've spent so long thinking about an idea and, and it lives in our brain like a real yeah. thing that we think it's better than it is. Because <laughs> when I look back on that story now, it's not as good as it was in my brain because in my brain it was a vibrant world that like all these details were there that just w- didn't show up on the page. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I, I see a lot of times the advice when people have a failed Kickstarter is relaunch. Just like relaunch it with a different goal amount or a different cover image or a different whatever. And while I admire the tenacity of that, I, uh, I think that the right thing to do is to really take a hard look at, is this thing connecting? Is this the right thing? Mm. Because you probably have more ideas. That probably wasn't your only idea. And it probably wasn't the, uh, the golden goose that you think it is. Uh, you know, so that's uh that's what i would say it's just like you know be honest with yourself and uh and take a hard look at what you're doing if you're having if if what you're doing is not working ask yourself why and that doesn't mean you have to abandon the project i did but you don't have to do that <laughs> i see plenty of people like retool what they're doing and come back with some with a better approach um and i think that's also perfectly valid I think you just have to have to have a level of honesty. And I, that's something I learned way before that. I was in film school briefly before I uh, dropped out of mm-hmm. film school. And, uh, and, you know, they have this saying in film about killing your babies. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, well, you, you, there's a scene that's, that should be five minutes long and it's 20 minutes long yeah. in your edit. And that's, that's not interesting. And you, you don't want to cut it down cause that's your baby, but you have to, um, and uh yeah i think that definitely applies to anything creative sure i think i think that is a hard lesson to learn especially like you said if something has been living for so long in your own head and you are convinced that it is going to be the next great american novel or film <laughs> or whatever you, it's it's hard it's hard to hear criticism about it i i uh in college i did a lot of writing and was part of a lot of um like writer circles, you know, where, where we showed each other our work. And that is, it, it is it, like, it's a, it, it is a skill that you have to learn to be able to sit at a table and listen to someone take a crap on what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. some, pe- some people are really good at, at uh, making the fall like soft, you know, like they put a pillow under you. Some people aren't good at that they're just going to give you the direct criticism because like there is the mindset of you you ask me to read it because you wanted help here's the help i'm going to give you and sometimes that's it sucks because like maybe a character you love shouldn't be there you know oh yeah and sometimes you know sometimes people who give advice like that their advice is bad sometimes though the best advice you can get are from people who are going to look at what you're writing and give you their really honest feedback. And one of my really good friends, who's one of my beta readers for all my projects and is uh, is um, also one of the co-creators on the uh, role-playing game that I'm making, mm-hmm. 
He reads my scripts and he tells me what's wrong with them. And he doesn't pull his punches. And I know because he wants it to be the best it can be yeah. that he's giving me that he's not, he's not worrying about putting a pillow down because, you know, he's like, how can we make this better? That's what he cares about. And, and if, and if you have people like that, you got to make the mind mindset shift of like, these people aren't trying to tear me down. They don't hate me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and, but it, but it can be hard. Because if somebody says, oh, that character doesn't make sense with that character you did, you know, in your head, you can be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, screw mm -hmm. you. Like, this is beautiful and perfect. <laughs> he has to be there. It's important <laughs> that the plumber survives and goes on the mission. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard. And I've seen people kind of get crushed underneath that, that couldn't accept that the, the people giving you the critique were trying to be active participants in making your thing happen and make it work for you. Uh, it is, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but anybody listen out there, absolutely take, take this advice. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a very good piece of advice. Be willing to bend and remold. That is 100% good advice, Caleb. Thank you. So, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit more about where they can find you and find some of your other stuff like tout your wares, is there is there somewhere that people can still buy like uni unicorn vampire hunter because I think they should. Yes, uh, you can buy all of my comics at unicornvampirehunter.com or calebpalmquist.com. They both go to the same place, um, and uh, you can buy them on my website. I also have uh, I'm currently running a Kickstarter for Unicorn Vampire Hunter. Um, it's uh, um, for the completed collected volume if you nice. like a trade paperback um, that one is doing just fine so I didn't uh, super feel the need to plug it uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah um, Kickstarter is always the best place to get my stuff but my website does have um, all of my comics on it and uh, and you can also sign up for my email newsletter on my website which is the best way to keep in touch in terms of like knowing what I've got coming out because I'm really bad at social media uh, <laughs> and I don't always uh, post on Twitter and Instagram like I should. Whole campaigns will go by and I realize I haven't tweeted about them. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so the, the email newsletter, though, I, I send out a weekly email and it's always got uh, previews of stuff that I'm doing and I give away free stuff on the newsletter all the time. So, uh, yeah, that's CalebPalmquist.com or UnicornVampireHunter.com. Very cool. And one more time, speak directly to the audience. Tell them why they should check out Space Monkey Nights Go. Sure. Space Monkey Nights Go is an awesome Saturday morning cartoon style comic book um, that was created by Dave Lentz and myself and with art by Nick Torres. And honestly, um, if you like the stuff that I've done before or you like the stuff that Dave Lentz has done before um, or you just like fun uh rompy uh cartoons then <laughs> check it out because this it has all the best stuff of the whole creative team like all all the heart and talent that we have has gone into this project um it's a very personal book and uh and so yeah i mean i hope you'll check it out because uh because it, it means a lot to me and to Dave. And uh, and I think it's one of the most fun things we've ever made. I'm definitely going to be back in it. 
Uh, I I enjoyed some of the pre- I saw some preview pages, and again I liked your previous work, so there's no reason why I don't think I would enjoy reading this one. So it's got the comics that we love, gold seal of approval. And oh, thank go, you. Go check it out, folks. Support indie comics. I I always got to push that home. Support indie comics. Love your Marvels, love your DCs, but man, the creators of tomorrow for those companies are doing stuff on Kickstarter, and you should totally help them live that out. That's my thought anyway. Well, thank you. One last question for you. I, I like to I like to get, especially since you said you're an avid reader, what are you what are you reading right now that you think people should check out? Oh boy. Uh let me pull up my Audible really quick so I can <laughs> tell you what I've read lately. I just started a book called The Power, which has an Amazon TV show um based on it. Um it's like about a world in which all the girls of the world develop like electricity powers which really like upsets the status quo in the world but i i'm only about an hour into it so i um i will say that the book the novel that i recently read that i loved was called tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow um okay which is a i mean it's like a new york times bestseller but it's a it's a novel about to video game developers and it follows them like when they meet in college in the 90s and then mm-hmm. as they like become these like big deal video game developers and their relationship and it's like a a drama and it's also a uh a story about video games but um but it's definitely like if you if you like really dramatic character heavy novels that will make you cry tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow is uh i can't recommend enough i love i love books that make me cry but 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 i cry a lot i mean i cry all the time (laughs) i cry during commercials so it's not hard but um (laughs) but yeah that's a a fantastic novel that i read recently and then i also read a book called burn it down which is a nonfiction uh journalism book about the film industry and why it sucks uh, so if you're uh if you want to know about that uh burn it down is a great is a great book but it will it might also upset you and and make you go join the WHGA strike I mean there's a lot of good reasons to go do that <laughs> yeah yeah for sure hey man this has been fun uh good luck as the kickstarter continues i hope that you guys get the goal that you want uh you're you're doing pretty well so far as of this recording, 24 days to go. And uh, I think I think it's going to go pretty well for you. So, folks, go throw money at it. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review and leave us a user review on your favorite podcast app. It'll really help the show continue to grow and find new listeners. You know what else will? Tell a friend. Tell 10. If they like comics, they should know about the comics that we love. If you want to support the show and get lots of extra podcasts and other content as well, there is a Patreon that helps keep the lights on and internet connected so that we can continue bringing you that sweet nerd media. Links to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, keep reading, keep dreaming, peace. Comics that we love.